Hey everyone, it's Adam, and you're listening to the Embrace Podcast. God is doing so many incredible things at all of our physical locations in South Dakota, in Minnesota, and also online. Learn more about Embrace and how to get connected at IamEmbrace.com. I hope today's message encourages you and inspires you. Let's jump in. Hey guys, happy Easter to all of you. My name is Adam. I'm one of the pastors here at all of our campuses, all of our network churches. To all of you join us online today, a huge welcome and hello to each and every one of you. Gosh, we're just excited that you are here. I hope you're able to get outside today, enjoy the beautiful weather. Hope you're able to celebrate Easter. I know in my own house, my kids are most excited about finding their Easter baskets later today. We do the Easter basket thing in our house and I'm in charge of hiding their baskets. And this year, my kids have actually told me that I need to up my game when it comes to hiding their baskets. And the other night, one of my oldest sons actually began to taunt me uh, about this. And he said, dad, it's always so easy to find our baskets. And dad, you're just not very good at hiding our Easter baskets. And what what I heard my son say was, dad, you're not very good at Easter. You're just not good at Easter. And I'm like, Wait, wait a second, son, I'm a pastor. I, I'm not just great at Easter, I am amazing at Easter. And with this, two things. First off, it's not okay to taunt anyone with anything connected to Easter. That's just wrong and it's sinful. Pray for my kids if you would. And then the second thing, my kids have no idea of what's coming this Easter to the old basket hunt. You see, I've decided to have them start looking for their baskets, like ready, set, go, without ever actually hiding their baskets, okay? And so while they're looking for their baskets, the Easter bunny is gonna be inside eating all the candy out of their baskets, all right? We're gonna see who's awesome at Easter. Jesus says, seek and you will find. Not this Easter in the Weber household, okay? But again, again, we're excited that you are here. I promise I'm an amazing father. If you need any parenting tips, just let me know. I'm an expert. Uh, but we would love to have you join us and come back. Next week, we are starting. I'm going to be kicking off a new series called Trees, called Trees. And this is a series that I've actually wanted to do for about three or four years. And yet I've gotten vetoed every single time I've brought the idea up. And why? I've wanted you to do a series on trees because away from people, trees are mentioned more than any other living thing in the Bible. Like literally almost every significant story that includes God and Jesus involves trees of some kind. There are so, there's so much significance with trees. And so my hope and prayer is that this simple series would just come alive. And I truly pray that this would be a series that we look back to years from now and individually and as families, it's like that was a series, that was a weekend that God radically changed the course of who I am. Week two also in this series called Trees is Adult Baptism Sunday. And uh, so that if, you, if you're a part of Embrace, you know that those Sundays are can't miss Sundays. So do not miss those Sundays. We would be thrilled and honored to have you come back. Today, though, our series is called Seven Miles. 
And uh, please don't confuse this with Eight Mile by Eminem, okay? Folks, I'm a Christian, all right? I don't even know who Eminem is. You know, I follow Jesus. Chicka Chicka Slim Shady. Okay, so I maybe <laughs> listened to Eminem a little bit back in the day. But again, our series is called Seven Miles. It's called Seven Miles. And the story that we're going to look at today is one that took place on the very first Easter Sunday. And just to set our story up for us, for a few years now, leading up to our story, Jesus has been traveling and he's been healing people and he's been teaching people about, about life. He's been teaching people about God, about a better way of living, about the kingdom of God. He's been teaching all of these things and doing all these things. And as a result, there have been so many people who have been radically changed by Jesus in the best way possible. And they have began to follow Jesus until recently when Jesus is betrayed by a close friend of his. Jesus is then arrested. He ends up being nailed to a cross where he dies. Like Jesus is dead. And as a result, Jesus' followers are all devastated. I mean, their leader is dead. The one they loved and followed is dead. The one they placed their hope in is dead. And everything they were excited about is no longer. And so all of this is happening, and this leads us to our story for today, where a guy named Luke tells us about two specific people, two fowlers of Jesus who are out walking on a seven-mile road. They're walking the seven miles from the city of Jerusalem to the small village called Emmaus. And as they're walking, they're trying to process everything that's happened with Jesus, they're trying to get their brain around everything that has taken place. They're trying to make sense of it all when out of nowhere, Jesus approaches these two guys, but they do not recognize that it's Jesus. Again, they're thinking about Jesus and all that's happened. Jesus approaches them, but they don't recognize that it's Jesus. And Jesus basically asks them, are you doing all right? Are you, are you doing Okay. Because you see these two guys, they couldn't hide the pain. They couldn't hide the confusion. They couldn't hide the disappointment around everything that had taken place. And we're told that sadness was written across their faces. They couldn't hide it. It was, it was crystal clear. And so Jesus asks, are you doing okay? And in response, these two guys, they begin to explain everything that's happened with Jesus and they explain that Jesus did miracles. And they explain that, that Jesus was an amazing teacher. And, they, and then they say that we had hoped, we had hoped that everything that Jesus said was true. We had hoped that everything around Jesus was a true story. But on Friday, Jesus was arrested, arrested and he was crucified and he is now dead. And so they're sharing all this with Jesus because they still don't recognize that it's Jesus and continuing on with our story in verse 22, here is what the two guys say. They say to Jesus, then some women from our group of Jesus followers were at his tomb early this morning. Kind of cool. Two of Jesus' closest disciples were women. Then some women from our group of Jesus' followers were at his tomb early in the morning and they came back with an amazing report. They said his body was missing. And they said they had seen angels who told them that Jesus is alive. Some of our men ran out to see, and sure enough, his body was gone 
just as the women had said. And so they share all these amazing, unbelievable details about Jesus, but the truth is they are still not convinced. They share all these amazing things that they've heard from friends of theirs, not random people, friends of theirs, but deep down they are still not convinced. And then Jesus said to them, you foolish people, you find it so hard to believe all that was written in the scriptures. Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets, explaining from all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Like literally Jesus is walking with these two guys and Jesus is talking about himself all the while they don't know that it's him. And Jesus is explaining why everything has taken place. It's just as the scriptures said would happen. It's just like the scriptures said, continuing on though. By this time, they were nearing Emmaus and the end of their journey. Jesus acted as if he was going on, but they begged him, stay the night with us since it's getting late. I thought this was so powerful. These two guys, they still don't recognize that it's Jesus. They're walking on the seven mile road. And even though they don't recognize that it's Jesus, they are just drawn to this man. They don't know it's him, but they're just drawn to him and they beg him to stay. And this word beg is a strong word. It means to compel, to compel to do something by force if needed. I just picture them saying, hey, I think you should stay as they grab his arm and like pull him into a minivan, right? It's like, would you please just stay? Again, they don't know that it's Jesus. And yet they're just drawn to him. They just want to spend more time with him. I I just picture them saying to Jesus, I don't know what it is about you, but I just want to be close to you. I don't know what's different about you, but I just want want to be near you. And maybe today, Maybe today, this is some of us. Maybe today you, you come here and you don't know much about Jesus. And the truth is, it's like, I don't even know why I'm in church today. I don't, I don't really care that it's Easter. I'm just doing it to make my mom or my spouse or a friend happy. I don't even know why I'm here. I grew up hating church. I don't, I don't like religion and religious stuff. And yet I just have to be honest. I kind of just want to hear more about Jesus. I don't know who this talking head is. This guy is on stage, but the truth is like, I'm actually curious to know a little bit more like what happens next. Like I'm drawn again, maybe today, maybe today it's you. You're just like the two guys. And so Jesus went into the home with them. He went into the home and as they sat down to eat, he took the bread and blessed it. Then he broke it and gave it to them. Suddenly their eyes were open. And they recognized him. And at that moment, he disappeared. So Jesus goes into their house and he breaks bread. What does that mean, right? Basically means Jesus sits down and he has a meal with them. And as he's breaking the bread, just like he did when Jesus fed the 5,000, just like he did at the last supper, just like he did countless times that he shared a meal with his followers, Jesus breaks bread. And in this moment, these two guys, their eyes are opened. They've seen Jesus do this so many times before. And in this moment, they just, it just, all of a sudden they realize that that is Jesus. Their eyes are opened. And they finally recognize that it's him. And then the next moment, Jesus immediately disappears. 
I'm just saying, if I'm one of these two guys at this point, I'm wondering what in the world is in my coffee? Okay, it's like, what is happening here? Like, where, where did he go? What are we seeing here? But they recognize that it was Jesus. And then listen to what they say to each other. And this is so important. Don't miss this. Listen to what they say after they recognize it's Jesus. They, they said to each other, didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on the road? Now hear this more fully. This can translate to say, were our hearts not set on fire? Were our hearts not set on fire when he talked with us on the road? Where our heart's not set on fire. Now, just a quick side note, fire, it shows up time and time again all throughout the Bible. This one example that you've maybe heard of before is the story of Moses and the burning bush. And so fire, it shows up over and over and over again. And more than anything else, what fire represents is God's presence. It represents the very presence of God, like God and all that he is, is here. Like with Moses and the burning bush, God was fully present there. And so with these two guys, they, they, they realize it's Jesus. And in looking back at the seven miles, they say to each other, when we were with Jesus on the road, didn't our hearts burn within us? In hindsight, they look back, it's like, weren't our hearts set on fire? Like just being with Jesus, didn't it feel like we were in the presence of God? And didn't you feel God's love in that moment? When we were with him, didn't you feel God's peace in that moment? When we were walking with Jesus, didn't you feel more fully alive than you've ever felt before? Like just walking with Jesus. Didn't it feel like our hearts were were burning inside of us? Just to say it, there's a huge difference between a beating heart and a burning heart. Let me say that again. There's a huge difference between a beating heart and a burning heart. Every single one of us has a beating heart, right? If you don't, maybe phone a friend or call 911 this, this moment. But seriously, every single one of us, all of us have a beating heart. If you have a beating heart, that means that you can still go to work and you can clock in and you can clock out Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and maybe even Saturday. If you still have a beating heart, that means that you can still pay taxes. You still have a beating heart. It means that you can go through the motions of being married to someone that you're still not in love with anymore. If you still got a beating heart, it means that you can still have road rage in your sweet minivan. You got a beating heart, it means that you can still mindlessly scroll on your phone for eight hours, maybe 10, maybe 12, maybe even more. Don't get me wrong, I'm grateful for a beating heart. I mean, if you have a beating heart, you can do all the normal things that normal people do. But hear this, just because you have a beating heart doesn't mean that you are fully alive. Just because you have a beating heart doesn't mean that you're actually living. These two guys, when they, when they recognized that it was Jesus, when they, when they were standing with the living, resurrected Jesus in front of them, their beating hearts began to burn. 
their hearts went from just beating to burning inside them. Do you want this? Does anyone want this? I know for me, it's like both hands in the air and I'm standing on my tippy toes. It's like, I want it so bad. I'll speak for myself. All of you are grown grown adults. I'll let you answer it for yourself. I don't just want a beating heart. I want a burning heart. Like instead of just mindlessly going through the motions of life, I want to fully live. I want to fully live. Instead of being, instead of being broken, instead of just being more and more broken, I want to experience God's wholeness. Instead of endlessly looking to be validated and noticed any way I possibly can, by the way, all of you do crazy, crazy things to be validated and noticed. I want to experience God's love. Instead of going alone on this seven-mile journey called life, I want to experience God's presence. Like, I want to walk, and I want to talk, and I want to be with, and I want to follow Jesus. We should be grateful for a beating heart, but what we should long for is a burning heart. One that's set on fire inside of us. One that burns. One that's fully alive. And so these two guys, they recognize that it's Jesus. And their hearts are burning within them. And then look at what happens Next, we're told they got up at once and returned to Jerusalem, just so we know they're headed back on the seven-mile road. There they found the 11 and those with them assembled together and saying, it is true, the Lord has risen. This is so important. After they realized it's Jesus, they immediately got up and they went back to Jerusalem And this time, I don't picture them walking the seven miles like they did the first time. I picture them running the seven miles like Forrest Gump. I was running, right? And so they get back to Jerusalem. They immediately find their friends. And it's like they can't tell their friends fast enough. Guys, it's true. Guys, it's true. It's true. We were walking on a road and Jesus came up and sat with us and and our hearts began to burn. And then he broke bread and we realized it's him. And then he disappeared. I know it sounds crazy, but Jesus is alive. He has risen. It's true. Don't miss this. It was the same seven miles. The same journey, the same distance, the same seven mile road, yet everything had changed. And what had changed? The first seven miles, they thought Jesus was dead. The second seven miles, they know that Jesus is alive. It changes everything. It changes, it changes everything. Get this, when, when Jesus was, was killed, what happened? His followers, they all scattered. Why? Because they were scared. But after he rose from the dead and after they saw him, what happened then? They didn't care about anything. They didn't fear anything, even death. Literally a bunch of them, most of them would end up losing their lives for Jesus. Like it didn't just change their bumper sticker on the back of their car. It didn't just change their church attendance. It changed everything and their beating hearts began to burn inside them and they started living like Jesus is alive. Just to ask, Anyone that's hearing my voice right now, how would your life change 
if you lived like Jesus is alive. And I mean, really, folks. I mean, really, like, how would your lives really change if you lived like Jesus was really alive? This week, I thought about it for myself. And I, I just wondered, would I, would I still worry about the same stupid crap that I worry about? Like, if, if I saw Jesus raised from the dead, would I still care about what everyone thinks about me? Would I, would I still be insecure? Would I, would I still chase after success? Like, if I recognized that it was Jesus standing on a road with me, how much more joy would I have? How would it change the way that I've, I forgive people who have wronged me, betrayed me, or screwed me over? How would it change the way I forgive? How would it change the way I love people? Including the people who annoy the crap out of me. Like if I saw a dead man come back to life, would I still struggle with the same garbage? Would I finally believe that God can take all things, including my worst things, and use it all for good? That's me. How about you? How would your life change if you lived like Jesus is alive? I mean, really. The two guys... It radically changed them. It's what completely changed the seven miles. I mean, they ran back to Jerusalem. Why? Because Jesus being alive changes everything. And if we don't know as followers of Jesus, this truth, Jesus being alive, it's the center behind everything we believe. And it's not just the center behind what we believe. It's the power behind what we believe. It's our driving force. To be clear, that the power is not found in, in following a bunch of rules and trying to be a good person. It's not found in just getting baptized or confirmed or trying to make it through catechism. It's not found in being bored out of our minds for an hour every single week. The power, it's not found in being an uptight, angry, arrogant, know-it-all Christian. The power is found in Jesus. Jesus being alive changes everything. And he is alive. He's not dead. It's not, it's not a myth. It's not just a cute Sunday school answer. Jesus is alive. The only question that remains, do you want this? Do you want to be fully alive? Do you want your heart to burn and not just beat? Do you want to live like Jesus is Alive, And just to say it, I honestly believe a lot of us longtime church people need to hear this just as much. This isn't just for the new Christians or, or the sinners. Some of us have been following Jesus for a long time and our, our dad was really into Jesus and we've been really into Jesus, but we can't remember the last time that our heart burned. Do, your heart, do you want your heart to burn and not just beat? I can remember the first time that I really knew in my heart of hearts that Jesus is alive. At the time, I was skeptical about everything. Felt like Christians had never read a science book. 
wanted nothing to do with God, hated church, didn't want to talk about anything connected with it. Christians seemed miserable and arrogant at best. I saw Christians and I'm like, no, no, thank you. Like that's, that's how you turn out for being a Christian. No, I think, I think I'll, I'm totally fine not being like you. But when I began to hear about Jesus and I began to hear that Jesus could forgive me and make me new. And I began to hear that God, the God who created the heavens and the earth wanted to know me and for me to know, know him. And when I just began to hear about Jesus, it changed everything. It was like my, my heart, it came alive. It's like my heart began, my, my soul began to beat for the very first time. That was over 20 years ago. And I promise you the journey has not been perfect. I promise you this, that my seven miles that I've walked has, has not been a, a perfect in every way, shape, or form. I, I, I promise. I just talked to my wife and a whole bunch of other people. But it has, and it continues to change everything about me. What if today is the day for you? What if today is the day for you? And you're sitting here and you're just like, I want that. Like, I don't know. I just, I want that. Whether you're new to church, whether you've been in church for your whole life, you're just like, I, I just want everything that we talked about today. I, I want that. Maybe you're here today or you're hearing my voice right now. And you're like, I don't even know what I'm feeling right now. I hate church. Why am I, I feeling something? Could it be that your heart is burning right now? But today, if, if you're just like, I want that, the first step is just telling God the saying, Jesus, I want to, I want to be fully alive. Jesus, I want my heart to burn and not just beat. Jesus, I, I want to live. I want to live today and tomorrow and the next day as if you are alive because it's true you are alive. I want a relationship with you. And so today, if that's you, if you want this, I'm going to pray. And I just want to encourage you and invite you to speak the words in your own soul as I'm, as I'm saying these words. Again, this is just the first step in a long journey. Um, but let's, let's pray. Jesus, again, to speak these words in your soul, Jesus, I want to be fully alive. Jesus, I want my heart to burn and not just beat. Jesus, I want to live knowing that you are alive. Jesus, I want a relationship with you today. Would you come into my life? Jesus, today, would you forgive me? Would you make me new? Jesus, today and tomorrow, I want to I follow you so closely. I want to follow you so closely. I just want to be in your presence that my heart would, would burn and not just beat. God, today we are grateful for, for Easter. We're so thankful for you, a God who so loves this world. You so loved us that you sent us Jesus. And Jesus, he was nailed to a cross, and on the third day, he rose from the dead. And we come celebrating today that the tomb is still empty. Lord, we love you. We thank you. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus. All God's people said, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this message moved you in any way, be sure to subscribe to the podcast to never miss your dose of encouragement. You can also follow us on social media with the handle at I am Embrace. Again, we are thrilled you took the time to join us today. And if you live anywhere near one of our locations in South Dakota and Minnesota, we would love to have you join us in person. You can find out more and start a conversation at IamEmbrace.com. 
Thanks again for listening and have a great week.